Good morning, everybody. I hope you're doing well on this Tuesday morning. There's been so much going on in the world and in the Middle East, and it has been weighing on me, and I'm sure on many of you. It's not just been taking over my thoughts, but my sleep, uh, my physical body in a sense. And I realize that I'm in this constant state of agitation. It kind of a fight or flight response in my body, feeling that like when the subject comes up, I either have to argue and defend, or I just want to run away from it all. And in reality, there's not a lot I can do. And it creates a sort of despair. So in these kinds of moments when you're finding yourself obsessing about something, it's really crucial that you gain some perspective because it's actually not helpful to anyone to make that the sole locus of your attention. And there's a technique when you're obsessing about one thing and for a moment, you focus your mind on that one thing that's bothering you. And then ask yourself, is there more than this? And if there is, which I hope there always is something more than just this, then you open the aperture of your attention to include this thing that you know is more than just the one thing you're thinking about. Then you ask yourself again, is there more than this? And you then widen the aperture of your attention just a little bit more. And the prominence of that one thing that was on your mind recedes just a little bit. And this is not about avoiding the hard things, but about gaining some perspective on it. If you are only seeing the one thing, you cannot give it the context, the breadth, the objectivity that it deserves. You're not able to see it clearly or think clearly about it. But this is what happens when we are in a sustained fight or flight mode. And it not only wears on you in immense ways, but it can ultimately fundamentally change your makeup if this continues. And unless you are a hummingbird, we are not built to be in a constant fight or flight mode. Yes, I just started talking about hummingbirds. I am um, moving to something that gives me a little perspective because this weekend, I find one of the things that really helps open my aperture of perspective is just getting into nature. And it also just happens that in the last week, both Bob Roth's meditation and a brain pickings article um, both talked about hummingbirds. And then I saw one in the garden I was in this weekend. And it was like the universe was telling me that I was going to have to learn a lesson from the hummingbird in this moment. Because as I said, the hummingbird is actually always in fight or flight mode. This tiny little bird, usually weighing on average less than an ounce, almost never stops moving. They do practically everything from the air, from eating to mating rituals to of course traveling. In fact, they spend so much time in the air that their legs are basically useless. Their legs are so weak and small that most hummingbirds cannot walk at all they can kind of perch on a branch. That's about all their legs are good for. But in flight, they are the most magnificent, magical creatures. Their speed defies gravity. They can travel at 385 body lengths, 
per second, which makes them faster than a falcon and faster than the space shuttle. They are able to do aerial tricks that can make even other birds blush, like fly backwards. They can fly upside down. They can do aerial twists and they can plunge from heights at 60 miles per hour. Because they are constantly in flight with their wings beating somewhere between 60 to 80 flaps per second, you can imagine the energy it takes to sustain their lives. They have enormous metabolisms, roughly a hundred times that of an elephant. They have to eat extraordinary amounts of food to stay alive, <clears throat> to keep that metabolism going. Eating from between a thousand to two thousand flowers every day, every few minutes they have to eat, and they consume somewhere between one and a half to three times their body weight in pollen every day. It's about the equivalent of a human being drinking about fifteen gallons of pollen a day, or eating over 150,000 calories a day. Could you imagine if you had to eat 150,000 calories a day, you basically couldn't do anything but eat all day long, which is essentially what hummingbirds have to do. Now, if you have to eat this much, this dictates virtually all of the hummingbird's behavior. And this tiny little bird is one of the most territorial birds in the world. And they can scare off animals as large as hawks to protect their space. They do this by performing some of their dramatic aerial moves like a speeding dive that either frightens or annoys these more threatening birds into flying away. A true David and Goliath. Imagine a little one ounce hummingbird being able to scare off a hawk. Now you might imagine that the life of a hummingbird with its constant eating, its fighting for territory, its elevated heart rate and metabolism would be so exhausting. But here is the magic of the hummingbird. It is also the only bird on the planet that can stay still. It's the only bird that hovers. Now, a friend of mine who was a regular part of our daily meditation during the pandemic shared a story with me about a meditation experience she had. She was living outside of the city during the pandemic and she would usually listen to our daily meditation outside, sitting on one of her lounge chairs. And she had purchased for her garden a few dragon plants, which are known by their color and shape to attract hummingbirds. And she would make observing the birds in her garden a part of her meditation experience. One day, she said that a hummingbird came right up to the plant and then flew right in front of her face and just stopped and looked at her for a long while. It was a spiritual experience, a communion of two beautiful creatures looking for a moment of stillness in a crazy world. So here's the thing we know about that hummingbird and its stillness, that it's actually not still at all. Now, not until the invention of the camera and the stroboscope 
in particular in the 1830s or so, did humans understand how the hummingbird stayed seemingly motionless in the air. They soon learned through the scrobiscope that in order to maintain that stillness, the hummingbird was actually flapping its wings so fast that the human eye just could not register its motion. The hummingbird is beating over 60 beats per second. So what the hummingbird is teaching us is that contrary to what we all believe, stillness is not about the release of all effort. To the contrary, stillness requires tremendous effort. Think about that for a moment. We all are trying to get still here in our meditation. And it's not just about letting everything go. It actually requires an active releasing of all the other things you wanted to do. We might think we're still, but you know that as soon as we get quiet, that waterfall of thoughts rushes down. You know the feeling, right? And our mind starts doing the proverbial 60 beats of per minute of motion. And it's very easy when we're trying to get still and our minds are just racing and beating that we can be very judgmental and say, I'm trying to get still, I'm trying to get quiet. But instead of judging it, recognize that maybe that fast beating, maybe that waterfall of thoughts is exactly what needs to be for you to ultimately be still. In fact, when we're moving all the time, we often don't think about the things that help us get still. We feel like that's what we need. We're, we're, we're checking off our checklist. We're reading up on the news. We're getting caught up. And we think that's how we process everything. But actually, it's only when we can get ourselves quiet and still that we can gain the perspective we need and take in the nectar of life and marvel at the wonder of who we each are. So today, for our meditation, I wanna invite us all to be a group of hummingbirds. Now, most hummingbirds are pretty solitary, but when they do travel in groups, they're not called a flock. There are actually a few names for a, a group of hummingbirds and they're beautiful. They're called a shimmer or they're called a bouquet a tune because you know hummingbirds when they're staying still they actually give off a humming sound with the beat of their wings so today you are all my tune you are my bouquet you are my shimmer of hummingbirds this morning i'm going to invite us to try to find that stillness which as we know takes some effort our mantra is nits nuts Nitznutz is the Hebrew word for shimmer. When the water is still, it shimmers, but actually it only shimmers because there's a lot of motion on the top of the water hovering there. Nitznutz. So I invite you, if you haven't yet, to close your eyes. Let's offer up our prayer of gratitude for this day. Thank you, God, for the gift of this day, for perspective, for the possibility of stillness, for the motion that enables that to happen. And to my shimmer of meditation family, you can either 
offer that mantra needs newts quietly in your head to allow you to kind of have that little bit of motion help you with your stillness. And I'll invite you to just take that in, notice your breath, and don't mind the time.
All right. How is my shimmer doing? Fly, fly, fly high against the sky. So high, I almost touched the sky. Thank you, thank you, thank God for you, the wind beneath my wings. I hope you all have a blessed day. Find a little bit of that productive stillness 